This is The World in Brief from The Economist. Our top stories. America and Germany agreed to send armored combat vehicles to Ukraine after long resisting such aid for fear that Russia would view it as escalatory. America will supply Bradley vehicles, Germany will send martyrs, and also donate a Patriot missile defense system. A day earlier, France said it would deliver its own armored vehicles. The donations may signal a readiness to supply heavy tanks in future. Vladimir Putin told Russia's defense minister, Sergei Shoigu, to implement a ceasefire between noon on Friday and midnight on Saturday to mark Orthodox Christmas. The move follows a call from Patriarch Kirill, head of the Russian Orthodox Church, and a fierce supporter of Mr. Putin to introduce the temporary reprieve. An advisor to Ukraine's president dismissed Mr. Putin's apparent gesture as hypocrisy. Kevin McCarthy offered concessions to the 20 right-wing Republicans blocking his election as the Speaker of America's House of Representatives, as the stalemate entered its third day. But still, Mr. McCarthy lost an eighth ballot of House members, with the rebels mostly supporting Brian Donalds, a second-term congressman. Mr. McCarthy needs to win over at least 16 of them. The Biden administration said it would begin rapidly expelling migrants, including asylum seekers, from Cuba, Haiti, and Nicaragua at its border with Mexico. Until now, they were exempt from expulsion, unlike citizens from other countries, since Mexico had refused to accept them. But Mexico will now take 30,000 from each country a month. The same number can apply to enter America if sponsored by an American. Alice Bialyatsky, a Belarusian human rights activist who shared the Nobel Peace Prize in 2022, went on trial in Minsk, Belarus's capital. Mr. Bialyatsky was arrested during protests against Alexander Lukashenko, Belarus's dictatorial president, in 2021. He is accused of smuggling money, charges his supporters say are simply designed to quash dissent. He could face 12 years in prison. China said it had shared data on the COVID waves sweeping the country in recent weeks with openness and transparency amid international criticism. On Wednesday, the World Health Organization cautioned that China is underrepresenting the scale of its outbreak since its zero COVID policy was relaxed in December. President Joe Biden also expressed concerns commenting that China is very sensitive when challenged on the issue of data sharing. Mexico's army arrested Ovido Guzman Lopez, a son of Joaquin El Chapo Guzman and an alleged fentanyl trafficker, in the state of Sinaloa. A high-ranking member of the drug cartel that his father once ran, Mr. Guzman Lopez was briefly captured in 2019. But after his gang retaliated violently, President Andrés Manuel López Obrador ordered his release in an embarrassing reversal. And fact of the day, 71%. The drop in Tesla's market value in the last year. 
and now here's a deeper look at the day ahead. The Divisive Anniversary of the Capitol Riot On Friday, President Joe Biden hosts a ceremony at the White House to mark two years since Donald Trump's supporters stormed the Capitol in Washington, D.C. The reckoning continues after a congressional committee dominated by Democrats published its 800-page investigation into the unrest, which recommended the prosecution of Mr. Trump for four federal crimes, including aiding insurrection. A conviction, though unlikely, would bar him from holding federal office again. In response, some Republicans are proposing to reroute the committee's evidence away from the National Archives, where it could be stored for decades, to a separate and newly Republican-controlled committee. That could lay the groundwork for a counter-report, casting the blame elsewhere. The ongoing divisions make healing harder. At an event last month honoring law enforcement officers who stepped up on January 6th, some refused to shake hands with Republican congressional leaders. And yet, neither Mitch McConnell nor Kevin McCarthy has ruled out supporting Mr. Trump should he become their party's presidential nominee in 2024. Europe's Cooling Inflation A New Year heat wave brought respite from winter frost in Europe. Temperatures reached 25 degrees Celsius in Bilbao, and tumbling gas prices offered further relief. They are now lower than on the eve of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. That will bolster the efforts of the European Central Bank to bring down inflation, too. Eurozone inflation figures for December, published on Friday, will show how much progress has already been made. Figures for December, published in a number of countries this week, augur a downward trend. Annual inflation slowed from 7.1% to 6.7% in France, 11.3% to 9.6% in Germany, and 6.7% to 5.6% in Spain. Still, strip away the volatile components of energy and food, and core inflation in the Eurozone may still be rising, as in Spain. The enduring effects of the post-pandemic bout of inflation and tight labor markets will be a tough nut to crack for the ECB. America's Annual Economic Gab Fest Economists will gather in New Orleans this weekend for the annual meeting of the American Economic Association, AEA, the premier society for scholars of the dismal science. The profession has had a bruising couple of years after its model failed to predict surging inflation. Attendees will pore over new evidence on the drivers of prices and analyze the pros and cons of the economic policies pursued during the pandemic. The AEA also faces mounting tension internally. The economics profession is confronting a resurgence of hashtag MeTooStyle allegations of sexual misconduct by male professors. At the same time, conservative academics grumble that the association has become excessively focused on research regarding progressive social causes. Meanwhile, newly minted PhDs, who in the past would attend scores of interviews with academic departments during the event, now get hired online. And strangely, 
Physical attendees of the AEA are still required to wear masks, a decision that seems unlikely to have passed a cost-benefit analysis. Rishi Sunak's Winter of Discontent In Britain, nothing much is moving. A winter of strikes grinds on the public sector. On Friday, railway workers in the RMT union and civil servants in agencies handling driver's license, farm payments, and highway management are all off work in protest. Later this month, walkouts are also planned by unions representing nurses, teachers, and bus workers. The proximate cause for the strikes is pay settlements failing to keep up with inflation, but they follow years of low morale and pay constraints in much of the state sector. Taming the endless strikes is a major task for Rishi Sunak, Britain's prime minister. He hopes that tackling inflation, which he says will have in the next year, roughly economists' consensus forecast, will take some pressure off wage demands. But in the meantime, he needs to keep the country running. A new anti-strike law designed to maintain a minimum level of service in key sectors during strikes is in the works. Iceland Remakes Perfect Strangers In Perfect Strangers, an Italian box office hit from 2016, old friends gathered for dinner to play a game. Each pledges to share an incoming phone call or text message with the whole group. The friends claim they have nothing to hide. Yet the exercise reveals love affairs, an accidental pregnancy, and closeted homosexuality. The film has since been remade in more than 20 countries, perhaps the highest tally in history. The latest, from Iceland, is released on Friday. What makes Perfect Strangers the perfect remake? Its themes of reliance on personal technology and expectations of privacy cuts across cultures, whether considered over gnocchi or reindeer. Notably absent, however, is an English-language remake. The rights to Perfect Strangers have only recently been freed up when the film company of the imprisoned Harvey Weinstein became defunct. Hollywood often exports its remakes, which dissuades other countries from releasing their own. But this time, it has left a gap in the market. Daily Quiz Our baristas will serve you a new question each day this week. On Friday, your challenge is to give us all five answers, and as important, tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home, city, and country by 1700 GMT on Friday to quizespresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown one winner per continent on Saturday. Friday. Which American lawyer headed the Whitewater investigation into President Bill Clinton? Thursday. Which city in Oxfordshire hosts an annual rowing regatta? Crossword winners. Thank you to everyone who took part in our weekly crossword published in the weekend edition of Espresso. The previous edition was published on December 17th. The winners, chosen at random, were Chin Shu Lo, Singapore, Paula Schmidt, St. Louis, United States, Peter Rainford, 
Brickenhead, Britain. They all gave the correct answers of John LeCare, jargon, elite, and export. Check back tomorrow for this week's crossword. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Sidney Poitier, who died on this day in 2022. The great disease of mankind is ignorance. That's the world in brief from The Economist, available three times every day of the week. You can also hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, on your podcast app. And subscribers to The Economist have access to each week's full edition in audio. Just download The Economist app to start listening.